This is a podcast from Rover. Rex Today. With NetSpeed. Internet solutions for everyone and their dog. G'day everyone, how are we doing today? Coming up for you in just a moment, Murray Broom from DNA iTech who has taken out the Supreme Award at the 2023 Cawthron Marlborough Environment Awards. We will reveal all in just a moment. Then we're going to be uh, catching up with Kit Arkwright, uh, the Chief Executive of Beef and Lamb New Zealand Inc, who is going to talk to us about their new campaign which has just launched. It's called Good Things Start with New Zealand Beef and Lamb. That's all to come on Rex today. But first up, a trailblazing technology to test for disease and environmental issues out in the field has won the Supreme Award at the 2023 Cawthron Marlborough Environment Awards. We're talking here about DNA iTech and joining us now uh, from the company Murray Broom. G'day Murray, how are you? I'm very good, thank you very much for having me. Congratulations, Uh, a feather in the cap. Yeah, it it is, it's a milestone for us. We're a young company and um, uh, it's a huge boost, you know, so we've only been going a short, relatively short period of time. So for the team and for all of us, it's fantastic. What does DNA iTech do, Murray? Okay, so we're we're um, a biotechnology company. So we we are developing technologies for um, biological sensing. So sensing sensing of pathogens, um, which are you know um, organisms that cause disease. So so. Um, we have we, we started in 2020 and um, uh, launched the company during lockdown in 2020, and we are developing devices that can be used in the field for molecular or DNA-based testing. Right, and give us some examples of uh, what it is that you've been testing during, as you say, your uh, your short existence. Uh, yeah, okay, right. So. Um, all of the diseases, or, I mean, they're diseases that we work on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we work um, across, um, we've got de- we're developing projects across a range of different uh, projects. So we've got environmental, we've got agri-tech, um, and we've got a biomedical, so human biomedical projects, all, um, all, all growing in parallel simultaneously. Okay, and uh, so you're basically DNA sampling and analysis, and and that gives um, some pretty quick uh, results, and uh, therefore quick uh, responses and actions. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're interested in point of care. So, which means um, you 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 you've got a concern out in the field or out, or in a clinic or in the environment, and you say, is it is it this disease or not? And what we want to do is develop tests whereby you can do those on the site where their concern is. What, what sort of uh, practical applications have been used in, in, uh, in recent times? Okay, so we've got the, so the first project I mentioned is uh, cowrie dieback. Mm-hmm. It's uh, um, a pathogen which we, I mean, we all know about cowrie. It's, um, it's, 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 it's New Zealand's iconic um, uh, tree, which we is absolutely stunning. Of course, 95% of cowrie are gone, uh, and um, and then in the last uh, decades, there's been this pathogen which is starting to kill the cowrie, and uh, so and this this organism is called Phytophthora agavidicida. It's a hard name to say, <laughs> um, and um, it's in the soil, and it gets into the roots of the tree, and it. It affects the uptake of nutrients and um, 
and fluids, you know, water into the into the tree, and so eventually the tree starves and dies. So, so we were, Auckland Council approached us about uh, developing a test. It's not so much to prevent uh, the disease, but to prevent the spread of the disease. Right. So, so that's one environmental application that we're doing um, in the ag tech space. Um, we are working on uh, back, uh, um, bee pathogens. So, you know, uh, again, the point of care diagnostics is very applicable to apiculture because bee, you know, uh, beekeepers are often working in the back country. Um, if they suspect a disease is present, then what do you do? You know, do you, you know, if it's not, if it's borderline, um, do you drive back to town and to send a sample off to the traditional laboratory? Um, and then if it's confirmed to be present, then um, then you have to go back to the site and deal with the situation. Mm. So, so we're developing tests that can be used for American fowl brood and for varroa mite. American fowl brood is a notifiable uh, disease in New Zealand. You have to burn the hives. So... Um, um, to have a test that you can do at the coalface, at the beehive, would be hugely beneficial from a beekeeper's point of view, but also from a, um, an environmental point of view, and, you know, um, especially if it's borderline and you suspect it might be, um, but you're not sure. Mm, exactly. So um, how does it actually work for people in the field? What is the process that they have to go through in using uh, your technology? Okay, so um, the, all of these technologies that we are talking about are under development. So, um, so we we've got um, for Cowley Dieback, we've got Auckland Council funding for um, the the B project. We have got um, uh, MPI funding, and uh, which is really terrific. And so, so at the moment, um, we are developing. We've developed the tests. Um, we've got the, chem the biochemistry working. We're putting them into a credit card or smaller size chip so that, um, um, that the user will be able to uh, take a sample, um, extract DNA, put it onto this chip, put a slot it into to the, the machine. It's a battery-powered machine. And um, and then run the test for 20 uh, minutes or so, and then the, the the lights will come on, and that will tell you that you have or you haven't got the disease in that particular sample. So um, we we haven't got the we, we we've got prototypes working in the laboratory, and over the next 12 months we will be transitioning to um, to doing field testing and to beta testing with you know, um, end users. Right, and then it'll be uh, reasonably widely available? Yeah, that's the plan. That's yeah, we, that's, that's the model, yeah, yeah. That's the model. So, so yeah, we're doing this. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a venture that we are doing for com commercial purposes, obviously, but um, we, we want to um, uh, deliver these tests for, for these. And there's another... Other tests under development as well, but um, it's a huge opportunity. You know, ever since COVID, um, point of you know, I mean, we were all doing by the end of COVID, or not that it's quite ended yet, but 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 towards the end of COVID, we were 
we were all doing, you know, rat tests at home. Mm. You know, to, yeah, you good know, point. And, yeah. And, and so we, 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 we transitioned from relying on send a sample away to a laboratory and uh, get a PCR test and get the results back two or three days later to, you know, do-it-yourself test whereby 15, 20 minutes later you get the result. That's, that's, that's point-of-care diagnostic. Yeah, right. And well, that makes perfect sense. And I think people will be able to relate to that because everyone pretty much went through it. Yes, exactly. And, and, um, and, and now there is a huge trend towards point-of-care diagnostics worldwide. You know, everybody, it's suddenly uh, coming of age. Now, these tests that we are developing, they're more complex than what you were doing with the rat test for COVID because it requires uh, the systems to photocopy the DNA. PCR, the, the standard laboratory testing, um, you put a sample into a machine and it photocopies. And in, in an hour or so later, you have a billion copies. So if if um, the template or if the disease-causing organism was in the original sample, in, her, in, a, in an hour with PCR, you get you know billions of copies, and so you can see it. Mm. Um, in the same way, for these point-of-care tests that we are developing for the organism that causes cowrie dieback or for the American fowl brood for apiculture, it's the same thing. You make a billion copies in the, device, in the credit card-type device and in the, the hardware um, at the point-of-care, and then there's so much product, if it was there in the original sample, that it's obvious to you. Mm. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, uh, soil as well is a massive area that uh, this technology could be applied to. Yes, that's exactly right. So um, we were approached by Plant and Food at Lincoln and um, we've kicked off a project. It's going really well. So we're developing um, soil uh, health test, soil doctor. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a plant and food project, this one. It's, it, we are contractors to them. Um, but they're interested in molecular tests that tell you uh, how healthy is the soil. What is the, the ratio of um, a fungi to bacteria in the soil? How much fungi is in there and how much bacteria is in there and what is the ratio of them? So it's a different type of test. Um, with the, the pathogen tests, you're interested in a, a specific organism. So mm-hmm. you use specific tests to single out that particular org- organism. With the soil health test, you're, you're, you're designing tests that are much more universal. They are asking not for a specific bacterium or a specific fungi, but what is the bacterium and fungal load of that soil sample? Okay, interesting. Now, as I understand it as well, um, you are someone uh, who has um, dipped the toe in the water, as it were, uh, Murray, and other ventures as well. Uh, So while this one might be in its infancy somewhat, uh, not necessarily your first foray into uh, agri-tech or or something uh, along the uh, the science-based startup models, no, I'm a serial offender. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, my first, I, I came out of academic research at the Tiger University, and my first venture was was a, a kayak that goes in a backpack. And um, wow! And first, first light kayaks was um, was 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 started, and um, it, it it doesn't exist now. You know, it, it's 
you know, people who do, who have that sort of urge to do entrepreneurial things, um, often they'll have multiple, you know, mm. beginning beginnings. But my second one was a co co-founded with some others from um, Dunedin, and that was a company called Astralo, which became a company called Izon. It's a nanotech company, and Izon is now in Christchurch and basically has offices around the world. So. So that the original idea was developed by myself and um, another scientist, Stephen Salby. So that's um, my second um, engagement, co-founding Izon, and then um, DNA iTech is my third, and um, I think it will be my most satisfying. You know, because it's uh, because it's um, you know it's. It started out as, as in an educational way, and so one of our um, one of our core interests and has been is to really get um, secondary students engaged with science and technology. Mm. So, so um, that was a passion of ours, and so um, that's what we started. We've run a number of programs um, with low decile schools, um, particularly uh, getting them engaged with smartphone interfaced. Um, measurement of pathogens in streams and water around the country. Mm, I've seen examples of that on a video that um, uh, was shared online and uh, yeah, it's uh, very impressive. I urge people to go and uh, look at it and of course uh, you can go and visit DNA iTech at uh, DNA iTech as it sounds dot com. Um, Murray Broom uh, from DNA iTech, listen thank you so much for joining us and telling us about your company on the program uh, once again, uh, congratulations on uh, the award at the uh, the Cawthron Marlborough Environment Awards, the Supreme Award winner. Well done. Thank you very much. Moving Farms or Genesis wants to reward you. Whether you're a new or existing Genesis customer, you'll be rewarded with a $200 Prezi card when you sign up a new dairy shed to Genesis. Now that's $200 to spend on anything you like, plus for each additional connection, Genesis will add another $100. Get in touch today to see how much you could get at genesisenergy.co.nz slash rural. That is genesisenergy.co.nz slash rural, or just Google Moving Farms with Genesis. Rex Today with NetSpeed. Internet solutions for everyone and their dog. All right, well, Beef and Lamb New Zealand Inc., the uh, industry's domestic marketing and communications body, has launched its new consumer campaign. It's called Good Things Start with New Zealand Beef and Lamb. Kit Arkwright, Chief Executive, joins us now. G'day, Kit. How's things? Good, thank you. No, how are you? I'm not too bad. Good things start with New Zealand beef and lamb. I'd agree with that, but I guess you're trying to convince uh, a lot of other people that it does as well. Oh, look, it certainly does, doesn't it? Yeah, look, this campaign's, um, you know, really, it's, it's, a, it's a celebration of the product. Um, you know, it's, it's that recognition of, of um, the connection between life's you know, most memorable moments and great food and it and told through the eyes, through the lens of, you know, one of um New Zealand's rising sports stars and, and Stacey Walker. Well how did you arrive at uh or the team I guess arrive at the decision to uh to use Stacey? Well look, I mean, you know, on the surface her her performance, her you know, her dedication in her training and, and obviously that alignment in terms of her nutrition and you know, fueling her performance on the pitch was, is it for there for all to see? But look, I think it really came down to, I don't know if you watched the final last year, and I, I watched it with mixed emotions or torn loyalty. <laughs> I'm an English, Englishman. 
uh, by birth. But, you know, when she scored that try and she got up and there, there's that big beaming smile. I think she's known as the smiling assassin. Yeah. And you could see how much it meant to her, how much she loved, you know, playing for a country, playing rugby, doing what she does. Uh, and I thought, is there a better analogy for, you know, what our what our farmers, our butchers, our chefs want to do with, with New Zealand beef and lamb in terms of showcasing um, why it's the best in the world? And so that really was kind of the, the defining factor in taking her on. The claim of the best in the world... Um Again, not something I'd personally disagree with, but someone listening might go, well, how do they know? Yeah, well, look, I mean, have you, have you eaten it? Uh, yeah, I mean, good it's, point. It's, yeah. Look, yeah, look, uh, a fair, fair point, a fair question. Look, I think, you know, really, we're from a, from a taste factor, I think, you know, you, you only have to kind of compare it to others. There are, of course, many great producers around the world. But really what we're talking about here is, is from an environmental perspective as well. Uh, and look, whether we are the best or, or amongst the best, I think that's probably that latter is the, is the better way of defining it. Mm. But, you know, we, we know we're producing fantastic um, produce that, that is contributing to families' wellness um, from a nourishment perspective. It's bringing people together to share great food around a table. And of course, you know, the... the the mental health uh, improvements there in terms of sharing great food around with friends and families is there for all to see. Uh, and then, you know, from, a, from an environmental perspective, we are amongst the most um, uh, you know, efficient in the world. Yeah, and uh, we look at grass feed as an example and almost take it for granted to a, to a degree. And uh, other countries in the world, grass feed is like the premium product that uh, you know you pay a lot of money for and uh, a smaller percentage of the population are able to get their hands on it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and look, you know, I think that, the, you know, they're great attributes with, with all products from around the world. But I think the way we farm here in New Zealand, and I think this is always the, the important thing to note here is that the country is incredible at growing grass mm. you know it's the, the climate the topography etc makes it just extremely good at growing grass which means that we produce um fantastic um uh, protein products that that you know not just kiwis here enjoy but but you know millions of people around the world you know seek out and, and choose to pay a you know pay a, a good dollar for now, I've spoken to a lot of nutritionists, Kit, about this uh, very topic uh, in terms of red meat and nutritional value. Uh, I think it's pretty clear um, in terms of the studies, um, in recent times at least anyway, because there was always the thing of uh, red meat you know, back in the day, but obviously uh, nutritionists would urge moderation in anything, but you can't deny uh, the nutritional value. Yeah, I mean, it's it's there for all to see. I mean, I think um, you know when we, when we look at the uh, the what we call the bioavailability, which sounds like a very technical term, but it's it's the the ability for your body to absorb all the nutrients that that meat gives you. It, mm. it is second to none, and and I think that's really the important thing here is you know when people are you know when families are trying to kind of feed and nourish themselves you know red meat can play a really really important role in that and you're absolutely right the, the science is settled on that you know we you know in terms of if you're looking to get iron in your into your diets or, or b12 or zinc um you know there are very few um foods out there that can can match up to red meat and i think it is it's all about moderation it's all about thinking about you know what else is keeping com- company meats company on the plate and and you know bringing that well-rounded um, diet together to really ensure that you're getting everything you need.
Yeah, and uh, that's an important distinction because um, obviously people are, uh, you know, free to buy whatever they want when it comes to, you know, a plant-based alternative or whatever it might be, an impossible burger. But uh, the nutrition is very clear when it comes to one versus the other. And it doesn't have to be one versus the other either. People can, as I say, uh, choose to buy whatever it is that they want. Your point is that uh, the link between red meat included in the diet and, uh, I guess, health and well-being is, um, is is one that you're keen to clearly keep keep going yeah look absolutely and you know i think um you know one a really great stat that i always like to kind of refer to when when there's these complex conversations going on is it's actually some research out of the ministry of ministry of health from last late last year that, that states that um 92.8 percent of adult kiwis are eating red meat and that would also include pork or goat or venison and these other things mm. but they eat it at least weekly uh, and i think you know we we can deduce from that that the reason kiwis are eating it in that kind of frequency is because well firstly they love the taste and that's obviously a given but they love they love the versatility of it um, but they love how it makes themselves you know how it makes them feel that that kind of sense of you know, pure satisfaction they get from eating a you know, delicious meal sharing it with their family and they like how it fuels you know their, their, themselves and their family whether that's at school or at work or, or on the sporting field and, mm. and, and I think that that is absolutely a key message that, that is, is continuing here yeah, well, the go-to for uh, for our family is an example, and I think a lot of families as well. As uh, you know, when everyone gets together, uh, you know, uh, something like a a roast leg of lamb, something like that, you know, seems to be uh, what we do in New Zealand. And uh, yeah, I can't say I'm a, um, you know too disappointed about that, to be honest with you. No, I mean, is there anything better than walking into a kitchen when there's a leg of lamb in the oven that smells? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I mean, it brings back memories of my, you know, grandparents' house. I mean, that smell alone is just gets everything going. And then when you sit down, you know, I think that, you know, when you, you, know, when you cut into it, you know, whether it's a steak or a leg of lamb and it's just that blushing pink looking back at you and you think, yes, I've nailed it. Yeah. And then you eat it and you're like, and, and I think that's always, again, worth remembering is that, you know, all of us feel the same when we are productive, you know, that, real sense of enjoyment satisfaction we get having you know slaved away in the kitchen to produce this amazing meal isn't it a, a wonderful thing that we get to enjoy it well said kid Arkwright, uh, chief executive beef and lamb new zealand inc much appreciated uh, good luck with the campaign thank you Well, an interesting tit-for-tat going on at the moment between Greenpeace and Federated Farmers. So uh, Federated Farmers Vice President Wayne Langford has uh, put out a media release today saying that Greenpeace is spreading harmful misinformation, that there's a link between nitrates in water and colorectal cancer. And he says that it's uh, a new low for Greenpeace, so we're using misinformation about a human health issue to prey on people's fear of cancer and to push an anti-farming agenda. Um... He does go on to say that Greenpeace aren't remotely qualified to make the claims and what they're saying is wildly at odds with what credible health professionals and organisations are saying on the issue. He acknowledges that uh, farmers are well aware they need to make changes to reduce nitrates in waterways and have been working hard with the communities for over a decade to improve environmental outcomes. It's a very complex challenge. Farmers are doing all the right things and uh, there are plenty of good reasons uh, to be working to reduce nitrates in waterways but Greenpeace's misinformation 
isn't one of them and he says that uh, they need to be held accountable for the accuracy of the claims they're making and the information they share with the public as it's causing needless stress, anxiety and division. That is from Wayne Langford, the uh, Federated Farmers Vice President. That is our show for today. Great to have your company as always. Don't forget, of course, to uh, check out our good mates at NetSpeed. We recommend NetSpeed fast, reliable internet, home phone and mobile phone packages from a team right here in NZ. From the lounge to the cow shed to the motorhome and anywhere in between, trust NetSpeed to keep you connected. Have a great day. We will catch you back tomorrow. Rex Today with NetSpeed. Connecting the country and now with mobile phones.